the family and the dream are not opposed to one another. No. One doesn't one doesn't take life away from the other or vice versa. They add life to one another. Yes. When you're pursuing your dream, that is making the time that you spend with your family richer. And when you're spending time with your family, that's making the pursuit of your dream richer. I'm doing great. I'm I'm uh, I'm feeling much better. How are you feeling? That's really the important question. Well, how's your foot? My foot's doing well. It doesn't hurt as much. I've been walking around on it too much though because I you have know, children. I have children, and I'm not really good at listening to doctors. So I I don't get how anybody mm-hmm. thinks it's possible. Like when they when the doctor says, "Okay, you gotta stay off of that for six mm-hmm. weeks," yeah, and then kind of around the same time that you hurt your foot, I re-injured my back. Yeah. And it was, it was a very, it's been a very painful re-injury. Right. And. Well, I think you injured it trying to carry me to the car when I broke my foot. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to carry you like a man. Yeah. And, uh, my back said no. Yeah. So, but you know, like I was looking up stuff online about the proper rest period. And, and it said kind of the same thing. It's like, you, you want to give it about uh, four to six weeks of just not lifting at all. Yeah. And, and still, you know, keep mobile and try to try to stretch it and that kind of thing. But, but it's just so difficult. Not There isn't a day no. that goes by in our home when there isn't somebody or something I have to lift. Or like jumping on you. I mean, parents yeah. are like jungle gyms for kids. Yeah. So how in the world do you even do that? How is it possible? Yeah, I think I think it is impossible. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but you're probably looking at something more like eight weeks yeah, of recovery. Probably, unfortunately. But is it feeling better? Yeah, it feels okay, except when I'm like walking. <laughs> Or moving around. Or doing anything besides <laughs> <Or> sleeping. <laughs> or eating. No, I'm tough though. You I, are I can take pain. You I cannot. <laughs> I'm such a baby. I've been whining so much about my back. Yeah, you have been. You know, I found it ironic that our topic today is raising a family doesn't mean sacrificing your dreams. And last night, the in the middle of the night, our kids sleep so well. But last night in the middle of the night, the electricity went off and our twins freaked out because it was like completely dark in the house. And so they woke up. Well, it's it's this too. We have box fans in every room where somebody is sleeping so that we have white noise. Mm -hmm. And we also have ceiling fans going so there's good air circulation. And it was terrible. Like I, I feel like I woke up because of the silence, you know historically silence is a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're, if you're a human being out in the wilderness, 
you want to hear animal noises because as soon as those animals shut up, you know, there's a big predator. about. Yeah. So, so it's, so it's kind of scary to be. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And it's dark. It's quiet. The air is just stale. Oh, it's yeah. It's stagnant. It was awful. And so we had that. And when I woke up this morning, I didn't feel very rested. And so I was like, wow. I don't feel like pursuing my dream today. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say it interrupted a dream, like a oh, nice no. dream you were having. No, I don't even remember my dreams. I was too tired to dream last night. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. But I thought you were going to talk about what we did right after we put the boys down to bed. Cause I, that was, that was really fun. You and I got the whiteboards out. We had just put the boys down. Oh Yeah. And we got the whiteboards out and it was like, okay, this isn't time to mess around. Like we can't, we can't just kind of take our time with this. We were like, okay, what's the purpose? What are we doing? And we really focused and we figured some stuff out for you, for your writing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was great. It took us maybe like 35 minutes. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was about that long. But the amount of progress that we made, I, I think was worth like a good eight hours. Oh yeah, definitely. So hooray for that. Yeah. Yes. The topic today is raising a family doesn't mean sacrificing your dreams. I hope, I hope that many of you just agree with that at face value. But I know that for myself, for a long time, it was difficult to believe that even if I wanted it to be true. Yeah. And Honestly, my experience with that probably hasn't been as strong as your experience with it when it came to writing. But can you talk a little bit about just as, as our family grew and as things kind of evolved, you know, there was that summer when myself and a couple of other guys, we quit our jobs so that we could pursue music and, and yeah. you kind of ended up staying in a job, kind of take it from there. Yeah. So I stayed in my, my job. I was a managing editor for a newspaper. I stayed in it, you know, had to write articles and design pages and all of that good stuff and didn't really, I mean, I've always known what I wanted to do is, you know, write fiction and nonfiction, but it wasn't really possible at that time because we had a child and there was an, I believe that was the time when there was another on the way. And so my, you know, my time was just really short. And so, uh, I kind of, I, I felt like I was just withering, I guess, because I feel like when you're not pursuing a dream or when you're not pursuing something that is your purpose in any of the moments that you can, which I was not, you're just a different, you're, you're a smaller version of who you should be or yeah. who you, who you were meant to be. And so I, I, did it for, I mean, I guess it was nine years. I stayed in the job and we continued adding children. And so it became even less likely that I would quit this job because, you know, it was a full-time job and it met our needs and those kinds of things. Um, and then after our twins were born, I finally reached a point because it was just so crazy and it was so overwhelming. I reached a point where I just, I couldn't not write yeah. Because I, I felt like I could be a better mother if I were doing that. And so it just kind of snowballed from there. And that's where, that's when we started doing the family values. And that was the first book that I started writing and, and all of that. And so 
I felt like I could be a better mother to those five children because I was pursuing something that I loved. Yeah. Now, what I heard you talking about was pursuing it when you could. Mm -hmm. And I really like that versus just pursuing it, whatever it takes. And I, I, I wonder if maybe sometimes we as parents make it really black and white, like pursuing our dreams means sacrificing everything and going after that no matter what. Yeah. And a lot of what we hear about pursuing your passion and pursuing your dream, that, that kind of approach is encouraged. Yeah. And, and what I would say is that it's possible to find, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's like a middle ground, but, but really it's, it's a responsible approach. It's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice the, the things that don't matter so that I can make pursuing my dream possible while still giving the things that do matter the time that they need. Yeah. So I think at that time, you know, I mean, what, so what are some of the things that don't matter? That's a good question. I would say it's different for every person. Yeah, definitely. Really. So for me, I didn't, I didn't, I want to give that disclaimer. So for me, the things that I sometimes do that don't matter is watching movies or TV shows on Netflix. And I should, I should say binge watching. Okay. Because there's, there's a difference. I think it's okay to, <laughs> to maybe do, but, but then at the same time, I have to come to terms with the fact that even that 30 minutes a week that I spend watching that show is 30 minutes that I could be using pursuing my dream. Right. And, and so those, those are the kind of things I, I and I, I would want to focus more on the things that do matter. Spending time with, with your family yeah. matters. Spending time making a living so that you can support your family. Right. That matters. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to get to this, but I, you know, I had my day job. I worked 40 hours a week. And then, you know, we protect family time really pretty just religiously, I guess, because it's just a really important time to us. And so my, the personal writing that I would do had to kind of, it just fell into the margins. Yeah. And I had to come to terms with that because, you know, you see all of these books written about write a novel in 90 days or write a novel in 30 days. And I could not be one of those people because mm -hmm. I am a mom and because I worked. Yeah. And so I had to come to terms with, you know, if I can, if I can set aside 10 minutes a day and write 500 words because I'm a fast writer, that is 500 words more toward this goal. Yeah. You know, yeah. and when you have 365 days of that, I mean, I think we, we, I looked back at my, the family values. I was writing an essay every single day when we were going through our family values and I have 300,000 words that I wrote in a year somehow in the margins. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. And so you just, you know, I, I wasn't able to sit down and do it for eight hours a day, but somehow we can, we can find these little spaces. And I think that, I think that we have to train ourselves to produce in short bursts whenever we're parents and we have a day job and we're trying to pursue something that we really love. Yeah. 
and and those are those are some really good practical thoughts and and ideas through which you can pursue your passion. I I kind of want to get back to this idea of being a whole version of yourself that you were talking about how you felt like you were withering. Yeah. And even if we couldn't see that very clearly, I know that our family felt that. Oh yeah. When, when you're not pursuing your dreams, uh, that is a vital part of yourself that is missing. Right. And regardless of the size of that dream, the absence of it makes you feel like less of a person. And when you're not allowing yourself to be whole, you're, you're giving a lesser version of yourself to your family. Right. And I don't, I don't mean to say that in a shaming way. There, there are many different pieces of that make up a whole you uh, that make up all of who you are. And when any of those pieces are missing, you're just not able to give as complete of a version of yourself to any other area of your life. Yeah, definitely. And I think about the, uh, have you ever, you've seen plastic fruit before, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen like really well done plastic fruit? Yeah. My mom used to have some grapes that looked quite appetizing. The, it's the apples that get me. Oh yeah. They're too shiny for me. No, it, it depends. If, if they do the sheen just right, the sheen, it okay. can, it can be very convincing if they, and if they weight it correctly. Yeah. Like I might actually bite into that thing, <laughs> but I would soon discover that it's, that it's hollow inside. Yeah. I don't want to beat this to death, but the deficit that you feel spills over into your family's experience of you. Well, and I think it also spills over into your day job because I felt like whenever I was pursuing what I wanted to do, I wasn't quite as bitter about, you know, having this day job that had to support my family. Yeah. And so I was able to do a better job as a managing editor because I was pursuing this thing on the side. Well, and and the bitterness not only can be directed toward a day job or some other thing. Oh yeah. But that can start to find its way to your family relationships. Yeah. And especially I, I know that there were times when things got t- pretty tense between you and I, because you were not able to spend the time. And, and anytime we have a conversation that hints at the possibility <laughs> that you might not be able to spend as much time on your, on your writing. Yeah. I'm very protective now. Yeah. And, and that becomes, that becomes a place of tension but I see, I, and I totally know why you want to protect that so fiercely, because you don't want for that bitterness to grow. You don't want for that to be a part of our family experience. Right. And I, I, I don't want to focus on that as much. Here's where I want our focus to be when, it, when we're talking about making room for pursuing our dreams. Your family wants you to pursue your dreams. They, they want to see you fulfilled and happy. Yeah. And they also want to be a part of that journey with you. So, so not only are you pursuing something, but they're, they're with you and they get to be a part of seeing that come to fruition. Which I think is really good for kids because kids are creative beings. They have a lot of dreams and mm-hmm. when they see parents pursuing those kinds of things, they realize that it is possible and they grow up in this environment that, you know, 
I mean, we're, we're from a generation where our parents didn't really do that kind of stuff, you know, like they didn't pursue their dreams as passionately as our generation does. And so I think it's valuable for our children to see those things because, you know, we're, we're kind of overcoming that hesitancy in the generation before us. But if we can pave the way for our children, I mean, what a great, what a great place that will be, you know? Yeah. And they definitely, it's, you can, you can tell your kids all day long, you've got to pursue your dreams. You've got to chase after. I was, I was told that by adults who I respected. Yeah. But where I didn't see that demonstrated, I had difficulty assimilating that behavior. Oh, sure. And, and you got to think about that when you have those downtimes or when you have those moments where you could be pursuing your dream. And I'm, again, I'm not talking about at the expense of your family relationships, but those moments where you, you really can in good conscience pursue your dreams instead of doing something that doesn't really matter. Your kids see that. Yeah. You know, the, the boys, they see when they walk in the room and it's, you know, between nine and nine thirty, and I'm laying there in the bed with my phone watching a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> they see that versus walking in and seeing me sitting down producing music on the computer or, or whiteboards out brainstorming. Right. Kind of thing. I mean, they interrupted our meeting at yeah. least three or four times last night, yeah. last night, and we still got a lot done. Yeah. Um, I did want to say though, you said, you said something about pursuing the dreams versus these things that, that don't matter. I do want to, I do want to say that people have different dreams. And so sometimes like the day job is the dream, you know what I mean? So I don't want to discount the people who, you know, who have their day. I mean, managing editor is a dream for some people. It wasn't mine. So I just wanted to make that disclaimer. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't really define exactly what that looks like. Your, your dream may be working a full-time job somewhere. And and so when we're talking about our parents and, and, and that kind of thing, it may, it may very well have been, for example, my dad's dream. And, and it probably was dreamed to be a teacher. Yeah. And because because I didn't hear him talk about it in, it, in, yeah, that, in those terms in a dream way. Yeah. It, it, my perception of that as a child and as, as a young man was that that was just his job. Yeah. And, and so I'll, I'm going to have to have a conversation with him about that in retrospect. Yeah. So I want to talk about some of the more practical things when it comes to pursuing your dreams in the context of having a family, because it really is challenging. You know, you were talking about how we hear these people talk about getting a book published in 90 days or, or doing a whole bunch of work in a short amount of time. And, and it can be really discouraging when you look at the people who are producing a lot of work, who are producing a lot of content, who seem to be achieving their goals at a pretty quick pace yeah to align uh, to line that up against what you're doing and feel like you're falling short yeah and and i just you know i want to i want to say here that it's completely different when you when you're raising a family and and i don't i don't mean to downplay any person's experience but 
when you don't have kids, life is relatively simple. There's, it doesn't feel that way, though. It it definitely doesn't feel that way if you if you haven't experienced something else. But it's it's relatively simple in the sense that there aren't very there aren't as many changes, there aren't as many different seasons that yeah. take place d- depending on your circumstances. So with with kids, you have when when you have a baby, there's a whole kind of new set of rules that comes into play. And then that baby turns into a crawler and a toddler and then they start to talk and then they start to talk back to you. And there are all of these different seasons that kind of come into play and then they start preschool and then they start school. And, and so all of those different seasons come with their own challenges and it forces other areas of your life to have to kind of shift and evolve to match up with those seasons that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's constantly changing. Yeah. So, so that can feel jarring, especially if you feel, if you're the kind of person who likes to set a course and just march towards something. Yeah. It can feel very jarring when something changes or shifts in your circumstances suddenly. And you find yourself having to adjust the way that you do things. But this is actually a good thing. And, and when you're talking about pursuing your dreams, what you, what you want to do is, is give yourself room for that to look differently depending on the season of life that you're in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, when you have a newborn, it's kind of hard to uh, say anything that makes sense. So having a dream session or, you know, trying to pursue a dream at that point is a little bit, although lack of sleep is like being intoxicated. I've heard. So (laughs) yeah. Lack of sleep can do some really funny things. Yeah. Good and bad. (laughs) Yeah. The, we recently, and, and when I say recently, as of this recording, it was three months ago, had a new baby. Yeah. And that experience is pretty intense. Just the, the regular feedings and the lack of sleep and the atten- some of the attention that you have to give. And then at other times, it can be a little bit easier in some regards compared to having older children. Yeah. But, but because of how demanding that is, because of how sleep deprived you are, it's difficult to feel the energy. So you might need to scale back to the bare minimum of what you, yeah, what you can do to make progress toward your dream. Or you keep creating. And cause I remember coming to you and being like, Oh my gosh, I wrote like 5,000 words today and it was all crap, but it was still writing. It's still practicing, you know, yeah, you're still in the habit. And I don't know. I mean, there's some value to that as well. I like to think of it. If, if I could attach a metaphor to this, that helps make sense of it a little bit more is, is like gardening. There, there are different types of fruits and vegetables that, uh, that do well in different seasons. Mm -hmm. And so in, in one season, it might make more sense for you to be planting in another season. It might make more sense for you to be feeding the, the, the growing plants and helping them to produce the most fruit. And then in another season, it'll be time to harvest those things. And then another season, it's time to pull everything out and 
reset the soil and get it ready for the next time you plant. And so if you think about the pursuit of your dreams in those terms, the time when you're tilling the ground and getting it ready to plant seeds again, that's not very exciting. Yeah. But it is a necessary part. It's a necessary season that you have to go through in order to get to the other ones. And I I think it's hard to approach chasing dreams like that because, you know, we're so passionate about these things that we want to do that it it's really hard to take a step back and say, you know what, this is going to have to take a while. It's going to have to, I mean, when we were, when we brought out our whiteboards last night, we listed all of the things that I want to do and mm. I want to do all of those things now. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to break it up to be, you know, to be in, intentional about keeping time for our family and that kind of thing, because it's it's just something we love and it's something we want to do. Didn't I write a timeline? And this actually goes really well with what we're going to be talking about next. I wrote a timeline on there and didn't I put it in 10 year increments? Yeah. And I was showing you. And so for the exercise we were doing last night, we were trying to help you narrow down your, your focus, focus your yeah. brand focus. Mm-hmm. Because you, ha- you, there are a lot of different things that you're interested in and enjoy writing about and enjoy sharing with people. Yeah. But we were talking about how important it was to try to narrow that down more so that so that people can get a hold of something yeah. and see you more as an expert. And not that those other things would go away. That, it just has to wait. And And I made the argument using that timeline that you'll potentially get to those other things sooner if you focus on one thing now versus trying to do all of the things. And, and so I had, I had two separate lines and, and, but on this, on this graph, like seeing the 10 year tick marks is kind of discouraging. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really, it's going to take that long. Like, oh my gosh, my oldest would be 18. So the, the Sean West podcast that I do, Sean McCabe, he is doing an insane amount of work, but he's, he's producing so much and his platform has grown exponentially with just within the past few years, it's exploded. And the amount of stuff that he's producing and the, the goals that he's accomplishing, I look at that and, and I look at how quickly that's happened. And, and I know because I know how much work he does, I feel a little bit, a little bit better, but it's still hard because I want to see results that quickly. Yeah. But I have the, the reality is that when you have a family, when you have responsibilities that take time away from pursuing your passion, it's going to take longer. Yeah. And that's okay. It is okay. 10 years seems like a long time, but it, it really is kind of a relatively short amount of time. Think about where you were 10 years ago. Yeah. We didn't even, didn't even have kids yet. That's crazy. Yeah. What did we used to do? What did we do with our time? I have no idea. I remember we used to work out together. Yeah, we did. That was back when I was in shape. We'd go running. <laughs> but 10, 10 years ago, you can probably think back to that, and it doesn't feel like 10 years. Unless that you time, have children. <laughs> maybe. But that, that time passes relatively quickly. Think about if you were, if you were to spend a little bit of time 
just a, even even the bare minimum that you can right now every day pursuing your dream where could you be in 10 years yeah and and when we think about things that way versus i want to see results as quickly as possible when we're focused on the short term what i think happens is is we tend to not accomplish as much because we don't see things happening quickly and that discourages us. Yeah. And so we pull back on our efforts a little bit or maybe we lose a couple of days and, and knowing that it's something that's more long-term as frustrating as that might be, that, f that future focus, that long-term focus sets us free to, to spend the time and, and, and have the focus necessary in order to make those incremental wins. Yeah. Did you just say incremental wins? Did I use the word wins? I don't know. I did. I, I did use the word wins. Like as in wins that push a boat along. Sure. It could be both hmm. wins with no D and wins with a D. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought I heard wind as in blowing wind that's moving the boat along. That's I, that's okay. I'm good with that metaphor too. So that this is, this is really the big thing for me is the, this time factor realizing that it's going to take a long time and then not focusing on how long that's going to take, but shifting your focus to the day-to-day -day stuff, shifting your focus to the small incremental gains that you can make from day to day. Yeah. And when we focus there, it makes what we're doing that, that pursuit of the dream about the work and, and we find our fulfillment there instead of in the achievement of some idea that we have of what we want to accomplish. Yeah. And the great thing about that is your, your goal your, your ultimate dream, it might stay the same, but it, it more likely it's going to evolve. It's going to change a little bit because as you, as you get older, as you grow as a person, your values change and evolve too. And so that dream is going to change and evolve with you. And when your focus is on the work that it takes to get there and that's where you draw your fulfillment. Yeah. Then that, that dream is just something that propels you that that gives you the motivation and the push necessary to to do those things. Well, and I think that sometimes circumstances well, well when the circumstances change the dream kind of shifts a little too and you know we start seeing these places that I can't remember what uh Julia Cameron writes about this in one of her creativity books but it it's like you start seeing things almost coming to you instead of like pursuing it. And it may come from like left field. Like you didn't even realize that this was part of the dream and that it ends up being part of the dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're going off on this tangent and it feels like a tangent at first, but it's really like a reshifting of the dream. And sometimes we can be afraid of that because we're, I know for me, like I'm so focused on what the end goal, what I want that end goal to be that sometimes I'm not, I, I don't see with the right kind of eyes whenever these opportunities come. That's difficult too. If, and, and I, I feel like we've, 
we've gotten pretty far from, I don't know if I can even do this to now we're doing this. We're pursuing our dream. And it is possible that you hold, this is, this is why the, the focus on the daily stuff is so important. Yeah. You can get so focused on the idea of what you want to see happen that you miss out. I, I feel like that happened to me Yeah. for a couple of things. I was so focused on the idea of what I wanted to accomplish that I was making myself miserable with the daily work to get there. Yeah. And when, if I could have woken up sooner to the fact that I didn't like the, the daily stuff, I wasn't finding fulfillment there. I would have scrapped that dream a long time ago, or I would have allowed a better version of yeah, it. Yeah. A better version maybe to dictate the things that I was doing from day to day. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a whole other topic on like how to discover what your dream even is. You know, that's like a huge, a lot of people, struggle with that. Yeah. So what else you got? Well, this focus on, on the work and not the dream itself. One of the pitfalls that I experienced as a young person was having my goals centered around an ideal that had to do with kind of celebrity and notoriety. And, and because my focus was there, I, I and I, I had this misperception of people that I saw who were experienced the, uh, experiencing the kind of success that I wanted to see for myself. I had this misperception that it was somehow easy for them, that they just caught their big break. And so that's my, my efforts and my focus and my attention was, was on, okay, where's the big break going to come from? Yeah. And if you're demonstrating that in the way that you pursue your dreams, for your kids by not focusing on the, on the daily work, by not being realistic about the kind of work it takes to get there. That was, that was something I, I think because I didn't learn that from my parents, but I learned it from culture. Mm -hmm. it, it became my mode, my operating mode when it came to pursuing my dreams. So, so if we can demonstrate something better, and help our children get away from these ideas of pursuing celebrity and pursuing. There's nothing wrong with pursuing celebrity, but you've also got to be realistic about the work that it takes to oh, get there. Sure. Yeah. And you've got to love the work. Really, you've got to love the work more than the idea of celebrity. Mm -hmm. Because if celebrity is your goal, but you don't like the work to get there, once you get there, you're not going to, you're not going to like what you're doing. Yeah great. I, I accomplished this goal, but I still hate getting it up every morning and having to do this. Yeah. And, but, and I don't want that for my kids. No. So that pretty much covers everything that I had on this topic. I, I want to revisit this again though. And I want to talk about some practical things that we can do to actually make the time to pursue our dreams. De depending on the stage of life that you're in. So, so for us with six kids, we've got kind of a unique situation. And so we have some things that we do. And, and so I want to bring those out, but I also want to talk about uh, some, some of the different circumstances. Like when, when we just had one kid, what were some of the things that we did to pursue our dreams and make that possible? Uh, but before we kind of do a recap here, 
is there anything practical in your mind that really stands out as one of the most powerful things you can do first? Well, I don't know that it's practical, but I did want to say that I don't think that we should be afraid as parents to talk with our kids about our dreams. And, um, you know, like last night when the kids were coming in while we were whiteboarding it, we were able to tell them, hey, look, we're we're trying to figure out a focus for mama's writing. And um, that I, I feel like that's powerful for them to know the work that we put in for that kind of stuff. So, you know, like inviting your kids into that dream and letting them know that they have a part and also in ways that you can collaborate if you can collaborate. I mean, our eight-year-old is a fantastic artist. And so we're trying to figure out ways to collaborate on art with him. And he also loves to write. And so I'm writing a book with him right now because, you know, this is, this is part of showing him what it's like to pursue a dream. I don't know that writing is his dream. I know that he wants to create stories. Um, I think he wants to do it more in a video way, but yeah, you know, it's valuable for him to be able to see the process of that. And so I, I don't think we need to shy away from even working in front of our kids. I mean, it's really hard as a writer to work in front in front of my kids because the concentration factor but, you know, they come into the room when I'm writing and they see what I'm doing and, and those kinds of things. And and someone had asked, how much do you talk about your kids or how much do you talk about your dreams with your kids? And I would say that, I mean, it's so much a part of who we are that we're raising these conversations all the time. We're having these conversations around what it's like to pursue a dream. I mean, my eight-year-old asked me, what do I need to do to become published? And I was able to have a really in-depth conversation with him about how much work it takes and what you need to do from, you know, the time that you finish a manuscript and all of those things. And that's, I just feel like that's really powerful for our children. No, maybe, maybe that is a really good first practical step is just having good communication, not just with your kids, but also with your spouse, any, anybody who's in the boat with you. Talk about what your dream is. Talk about the things that you want to pursue. When they get to see that they're a part of pursuing that with you, they're a part of bringing that fulfillment to you, that makes it more likely that... And and so you might even be sitting down and, and doing something that's kind of a waste of your time and, and one of your kids says, hey, aren't you going to... you know?" work on that book or aren't you going to work on that song? And it's just, it's a great kind of culture to build into your family, but it has to start with a conversation. It has to start with opening up and talking about it. Yeah. I did want to say real quick too, I know that we're running low on time, but um, I did want to speak real quickly about the whole guilt thing. I don't know if that you were going to save that for another podcast or if that was should be included with this one, but no, please bring it in. Okay. So, you know, moms, we deal with a lot of guilt whenever we're doing stuff other than being with our children. And, uh, the time when I had a day job and I was pursuing my passion in the, in all the margins, I was, I mean, I enjoyed what I was doing, but I was also kind of racked by this guilt of, I should be snuggling with my children or I should be doing this. But there comes a point where we can we can be better mothers because of 
what we're doing with our art and with our passion. And our children will understand that because they'll see the results of that. And so I don't know that we can ever get rid of that guilt, but I think that we can let ourselves feel grace for that. Yes, you should definitely let yourself feel grace for that. And the truth is the, the family and the dream are not opposed to one another. No, One doesn't, one doesn't take life away from the other or vice versa. They add life to one another. Yes. When you're pursuing your dream, that is making the time that you spend with your family richer. And when you're spending time with your family, that's making the pursuit of your dream richer. Yeah. And I think it's valuable for our children to, to see in, I mean, with our boys, it's valuable for them to see you pursuing one, but it's also valuable for them to see me pursuing a passion because, you know, one day they may have wives who want to do that and it helps pave the way for them to be like, oh yeah, I totally support you in that. Well, and it, it paints a picture for them too. This is, this is something that is pretty important to me is this idea that there's not a, my dream is not more important than your dream. Yeah. And your dream is not more important than my dream. There's, there's not, it's not a competition there. Right. And that, that kind of equality in family relationships and even outside of family relationships, the, the idea that the dreams of another person are no more or less important than my own dreams. That's, that's a very important and valuable lesson that they need to carry with them into adulthood if they're going to have healthy relationships with people. Yeah. Yep. You should feel guilty if you're setting your dreams. No, I'm just kidding. No, you should never no, feel please. guilty for anything, please. Don't ever feel guilty for anything. I mean... That doesn't erase the guilt because moms are really good at feeling guilt, but we're going to, we're going to get into this one time because you're using the word guilt, but I wonder if you mean shame, shame. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. There. there is a difference. Yes. We'll get into that another time. There's so much here that we could continue talking about, but we're going to save it. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive into this some more. Yep. All right. Rachel, where can people go to find us online? In the boat with ben.com. That's right. We have officially launched. And I know this is probably old news by now. We've, we've already sent out notifications and let people know. I'm just so excited. This was one of, this was one of my dreams. It, one of my dreams was to see this show in the boat with Ben launch within the year 2015. And and now that has happened and we're able to record and send out episodes every single week. Yes. So if you go to in the boat with ben.com, you can sign up for our newsletter there. We'll send notifications to you anytime a new show goes out. And you can also go to in the boat with ben.com slash iTunes and leave us a positive review. I'm going to take a moment here to read a review. Uh-oh. This was from Sharla, and it's titled, Ben and Rachel Both Encourage and Challenge. We've already gotten some reviews, 
Yeah. Which is awesome. Guys, I love, I, I love reviews. They're very encouraging. Even, even the bad ones are, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> those, those, uh, those five-star reviews where people talk about how the things that we are talking about are encouraging or challenging them or, or causing them to think about their, their approach to family differently. It's very encouraging. So I'm going to read this one from Charlotte. It says, I started listening to Ben's take on family life and balancing in creative pursuits while not neglecting our kids on the Sean West podcast. So I'm thrilled to have this podcast to focus more specifically on that side of life. Our families may not look exactly the same, which in my mind is a good thing. No one wants cookie cutter families. Absolutely. And I wouldn't recommend a bunch of families with six kids. It's a little crazy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But their principles are things anyone can glean ideas out of. They are down to earth and fun. You can tell from their conversations that they actually like each other. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that they love their kids. And that makes me excited to hear them each week. Thank you, Sharla. If you want to find Rachel, she's at racheltolson.com. She's also on Twitter at Rachel Tolson, and I am on Twitter at Ben Tolson. That was good. Good show. Let's go chase those dreams. All right. this yesterday because we zoomed in on you being a kid lit writer. Yes. And that that was something that was very important to you. But, but what was maybe even more important to you was this idea of encouraging kids to read early, encourage, encouraging parents to read with their children. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious to know where, when you're, when you're talking about the pursuit of your dreams, what is, what is a fulfilled dream look like for you when it comes to the whole reading to your kids thing? I mean, I have big dreams for like going into schools and having a foundation where we, where we go into classrooms and we read to children. Because when I was a kid, I remember some of my biggest, most vivid memories are teachers reading to me from like Fahrenheit 451 and the mouse and the motorcycle and Judy Bloom. And they don't really do that in classrooms anymore. I have asked, I mean, they read to them every now and then, but I remember it was like every single Friday, my teacher would pull out this chapter book and she would read to us. And so I just, I have a really big heart for, because I believe that literacy is improved when we're reading to children. 
And so I just have a big heart to see that brought back to the schools. And I don't know if it's because of, I haven't done any research on this. This is just like a, you know, three years down the road dream, but I don't know if there just aren't enough resources for that, or if there isn't enough time for that or what the deal is. So, so my dream would be to see that every elementary classroom across the state of Texas would have either a parent or um, you know, somebody who had a background check, of course, on file, a volunteer go in and read every Friday to the students in that classroom. And it would free up the teacher, you know, for half an hour to do other things that she needed to do or he. We were talking about how powerful literacy is and how the the sooner you're, it, it's, it's making an, it, it is making an investment into your kids because the things that you can learn when you love to read, when you go to college to get an education, a lot of what you have to do is reading and studying, but you're also guided through that process and you have deadlines put on you. And, and, and so it kind of forces you to do those things. Yeah. But when you love to read, you can, you can get a college education. Yeah. There are the equivalent of a college education. Just, just by checking books out from the library all the yeah, time. Yeah, you can become an expert on anything. And that's that's what I realized when we first had our children is that reading just opens up this huge, amazing world for kids. I mean, even in fiction, they learn life lessons. And it's just a really important thing to me. 